0: Christian Kuhn, lead pastor at Urban Village and site pastor at Urban Village South Loop, and I'm here with Brittany Isaac, who is our site pastor at UVC Edgewater. For those who don't know, Urban Village is a Jesus-loving, inclusive community with four locations uh, throughout this great city. And you are listening to the Ask a Pastor podcast, a way to pray. This is our special Lenten podcast for 2018, and in this particular podcast, various staff members and pastors are answering your challenging even dangerous questions about prayer, and we also offer a spiritual practice that we hope will help transform uh, your faith life. So uh, Brittany, kick us off with the first question.
1: All right. This week's first question is, does prayer change things? And uh, I've thought about this, and the answer I want to tell you is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Say more, please. Okay, okay. So I think it changes us on a couple levels. Uh, it changes us. Scripture reminds us that um, that there are times when it changes God, God's mind, and also it changes us, ourselves, personally. I want to talk about that piece first. So um, as you've already heard over and over in this podcast and throughout our sermon series, prayer is not just about making requests to God, our uh, genie in the sky. Uh where we rub a bottle and expect, uh, expect, um, our wishes to come true. Prayer is about cultivating a relationship with God. And I, when I think about my human relationships, the relationships that I encounter every day in my life, there's not one relationship that I've been in that has not changed me in some way. Um, and so that's how prayer is as well. It, um, if, If we're praying regularly, it's teaching us patience before God. It's teaching us how to listen, how to sit in silence. It's bending our hearts and our minds more toward God's vision of love and justice in this world. Uh, So this faith journey um, through prayer, it's about growing more in love with God, and we do that through prayer. So um, what what is Christianity about? It's about transformation, right? It's about God taking us for who we are, where we are in our life, and changing us. And that happens through prayer. Secondly, we see in scripture um, on different occasions that prayer uh, causes God to change God's mind. So a couple come to mind. Uh, one is Abraham uh, being persistent with God and preventing Gomorrah from being destroyed. He Abraham's like, God, if I can find 40 faithful people, will you keep this city from being destroyed? And God thinks about it and says, Yeah, okay, if you do 40. And then Abraham's like, Well, what about 35? And God thinks about it, Okay, yeah, 35. It keeps going all the way down till five. If I can find five righteous people, will you keep this city from being destroyed? And God's like, Okay, we won't destroy it. So, we also see it in the story of the persistent widow, um, the widow continually asking the judge uh, for justice and the judge saying, fine, you've exhausted me. Uh, so these are just a couple of examples where we can see like God can change.
0: And I think one thing to, to note about that is uh, to, uh, there's also a story from Exodus too of uh, when Moses goes up to the mountain and the people yeah. are getting antsy and anxious and they want a, a false God. They want a the golden calf and so uh god is not pleased with that but moses intercedes on their behalf and says uh, don't do what i think you would like to do and so god's uh, again kind of changes where god is going to go with that and so there's two ways to, to look at that too one of which i want to say i think and i think you would agree with this that god's nature doesn't change god's right. nature of love uh of of, of grace of Uh, overwhelming presence in our lives, God's nature doesn't change. But this whole concept, and I think this is something for us to wrestle with, and we don't certainly have definitive answers to that, but what does it mean for God to change God's mind in this way? Um, Sometimes I wonder, a big theological question for me that, again, I don't necessarily have the answer to is, is God surprised? For some uh, folks who think that everything is just all spelled out and that God kind of winds this clock up and then stands back, um, I'd like to kind of think that God is surprised sometimes by some of the ways that uh, we interact with God. Uh, and so perhaps, you know, God's vision or the way it's played out uh, can be altered a little bit, too. C.S. Lewis sometimes uses, I've heard him read about how he uses his metaphor of seeing all of us in this kind of grand play, that there's a, there is a definite arc that we believe we know where it will end, uh, but how we get there could change depending on the actors. And so... I would imagine that God too in the midst of this may also do some things that may be surprising uh, as well. So agreed. Second question is why do some prayers get quote unquote answered and some do not uh, another uh challenging question um that I think both Brittany and I our first reaction is we don't know.
1: <laughs> and we wish we did. Yes,
0: exactly. Um but um, it's also something to reflect on uh, and to really wrestle with and think about. Sometimes I think folks uh, are in two pretty extreme camps when it comes to this. Uh, One camp is believing that there is a definitive answer to any kind of uh, prayer that is lifted up Uh, and they may say, essentially, they may uh, boil it down to it's either a yes or a no. And they may think, well, God is saying no to this request, and there must be a reason for it. And so I think sometimes the dangerous thing about that is, if you are think of worst-case scenario, if your child has uh, uh, leukemia, and you lift this child up to God, and the child passes away. And so you say, well, clearly God is saying no to this request, which I think paints God in a pretty awful light, that God is making a decision like, yes, this child should die of cancer. So I think that's one extreme, always thinking that's a simple answer to our prayers. On the other end, I think our folks who maybe don't believe that God intercedes at all uh, and that when we pray, it leans more on you had mentioned earlier, which I agree with, is that, uh, that we, our nature has changed, but that God does not intercede in any way at all when we lift up our prayers to God. I don't think it's an either or. I mean, I think I do believe that God does intercede in ways that are beyond our comprehension, in ways that are very mysterious. Um, But I also wrestle with the questions that sometimes when we desire God to intercede, what is seemingly good, uh, and we don't see it. Uh, And so sometimes we have to really, we have to wait and be patient to see how is God acting or interceding in this way?
1: Yeah, I um, just, just, you know, for me, I've heard of stories or I've seen stories of where people have asked for healing and it seems to be granted and I've heard stories where people have asked for healing and you know 20 50 times to every one story where it happens and I'm like why does God intercede sometimes but not others uh, personally for me I've had some really painful times where I felt like God has not answered the prayers in the way that I wanted them to. I've gone through many, many rounds of infertility treatment that have resulted in no pregnancy and in a, and also in two pregnancy losses. And my prayers over and over again have been to have a successful pregnancy in a large family, and it's not happened. So I ask, like, where is God in this? Like, God, come on. I have this desire. Why can I not get this thing? Um, and I don't think, uh, I don't think that God is like holding back and trying to teach me some lesson or to say like, you can't have that. I also don't think God is impotent, like you were saying. Um, and so I don't, I don't know, I don't know what God's doing, but I, I trust that God is, uh present with me, faithful with me. Um, I really hold on to the passage of Romans 8.28, which is that we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purposes. So I, I think, though, we can't always see that good except for looking back. So every week we like to lead you through a prayer practice to help you through your day. There are two traditions or theologies that help us understand language about God. One is the apophatic tradition. People who follow the apophatic tradition believe that language is limited, that there's no good language to describe God because God is just beyond language. People of the apophatic tradition refuse to name or claim things about God because they do not want images for God to become idols which replace God. Western Christianity and spirituality typically follows the apophatic tradition. Today, we will practice the cataphatic tradition. Cataphatic tradition agrees that language is limited, but that language is all we have to try to understand God. People who follow or explore the cataphatic tradition use language as a way of trying to name who God is and learn something about how God works in order to experience a deeper understanding of God.
0: So I'm gonna name an image and then describe a few attributes about that image. Know that you might have a gut response to the image initially. So try to suspend your thoughts for a moment and embrace this image as a new way of understanding God. So we're going to do this practice for two minutes. So I will first say a phrase and this phrase is, God is king. Now allow your imagination to run wild with that image. What do you see? What does it mean for God to be royalty? How is God similar to a monarch or head of state? And then after a few seconds, I will then say God is not king. Because our language is limited, we recognize God is not a human male born of royal lineage. God does not control an area of land or wage war. So we will sit with the idea that God is not king for a few seconds. And then finally, I will say, God is not not king. This is a double negative for a reason. God is like a king, God is not a king. God is both and at the same time. So allow yourself to move through this practice, to forget about the time or what you will think next and to just be present with your thoughts. So I'm going to invite you to wherever you are. Um, You might be walking or in the car, but if you are doing neither of those things to sit with both feet on the floor, maybe take a deep breath, inhale and exhale. And you can place your hands on your thighs or clasp them in your lap. Close your eyes and then we'll begin. God is king. God is not king. God is not, not king.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Ask a Pastor podcast, A Way to Pray. If this podcast is giving you life this week, consider giving financially to UVC on our website at um, urbanvillagechurch.org give. At our website, you can also learn more about the bold, inclusive, relevant ministry at Urban Village Church. Again, that's urbanvillagechurch.org. On Facebook and Instagram, I believe we're at UVChurch. Um, If you live in the Chicagoland area, we would love to see you in worship at one of our four sites across the city. You can send your Ask a Pastor questions to info at urbanvillagechurch.org.
0: So friends, may you begin to have the courage to build a prayer life with God. May the questions bubble up in your hearts. May you... Ask them to a loving God. May you have the patience to sit with these questions. And may you have the ability to listen to the many ways that God is speaking to us. And may it be so for you in your own life, your own prayer life too. Thank you again for listening.